From the 1960s until the 1990s, Father Pellegrino Ernetti claimed that he helped create a time machine called the Chronovisor, which he used to observe the crucifixion of Christ. Out of all of the Vatican's purported secrets, none may be more bizarre than the legend of the Chronovisor. You're listening to Casual History. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everyone, to Casual History. We are episode two of season two. I'm here with Jacob once again. How's it going, Jake? What's up? What's up? Nothing, you know, just like doing normal moving stuff. It's been a busy last couple of days, but happy to jump back into this subject. What, you're moving pretty soon, right? Yeah, this month, man. This month. October? (laughs) Or no, end of September. Yeah. Yeah, like, like the 20s, like the 23rd. So yeah. it should be very soon and it's never fun, man. It's always, it's always a little bit stressful and anxious trying to figure out stuff. Uh, you don't yeah. realize how much little things you have until you start actually going through every single box. Yeah. De- the boxes are the way to go. Yeah. I've, we've tried moving a few times where I didn't use boxes and that was the wrong move. So um, that's <laughs> throw my it in the car. small suggestion, but that's not why we're here today, Jake. No, it's not. Um, we are here to discuss... A piece of history that I found extremely interesting and intriguing. Um, there's quite a bit, but there's also not a lot of information, and you'll find out why okay. um, when we discuss it. But before we jump into the Chronovisor, which if you've, which you know, you know what we're talking about. Do you know what the Chronovisor is? No, only by your description that I just heard. Okay. So I have no idea. Well, well, we'll jump into that. That'll be part of the fun. Um, Maybe beforehand, we I do want to touch on our first episode of season two and how well and um, what a great response that has been. Um, super exciting to kind of see the, the pe- like, I don't, I don't know, not the numbers, but I guess the amount of people and the, the amount of comments and stuff that we've been getting over that, which is pretty yeah. cool. We um, we literally hit like a, a high of in like 24 hour period, right? I'm pretty sure yeah, this was like a, the fastest. Yeah, yeah. Which is amazing. And thank you guys so much for being so interested. And that lets us know that we're on the right path. And uh, yeah. we just really appreciate you guys listening. And, and from that first episode, we did mention some of the the discussions coming down the pike. Yes. Um, and what we're going to be um, talking about and kind of what some of the subject matter that we've had in mind for a while that we want to talk about. And today is one of them. So if you listen to that first episode, which you can go back and listen to if you're if you haven't, um, great episode. Jacob brought in the subject. Today it's my turn to bring in the subject of what we're discussing. But we mentioned the Vatican's secret time machine. Yeah, you you literally made this for me because I am a time travel junkie. One of my yeah. favorite movies of all time is Back to the Future. This is exactly in my wheelhouse, so I'm already okay. I'm already ready to go, man. Let's go. You know, Let's talk some time <laughs> conspiracies right well, now. Well, here's the thing. Well, I I don't want to burst any bubble um, about <laughs> just yet. But it's not technically a time machine. Oh. Okay. Okay. So, but before we jump into that, that I want to give a general synopsis of what the chronovisor, as it's termed, um, is. And so, supposedly, the chronovisor is said to be a device that gives the user the ability to see through time. Oh. So, essentially, through the existence of the chronovisor, that it hasn't been proven, right? This is, again, speculation, but it's stories and history and we'll jump in but 
It was mainly purported by a 2002 book by a Vatican priest called um, Father Francis Brune. Okay. And it was published by him in 2002 regarding this subject, okay? Okay. But essentially, it's a a TV that you can watch history on. <laughs> oh. Real history. Um, and the the general thought is that it picks up signals from space or something of light and you're able to witness history. Like you can dive into certain events and again, the the science is above me. Dude, this, <laughs> but this totally it's interesting. makes me think of uh, the Denzel Washington movie Deja Vu, which yeah. I watch on a time to time basis where it's like, that's kind of uh, a part of the premise of that movie too. Is like they have some sort of device that can see back to a very specific set of time. Yeah. Uh, that the like government's using to like capture like obviously bad things before they happen. Interesting. Uh, that's what it sounds like. Or just really strong glasses. You know, sometimes your prescription yeah. <laughs> could be. <laughs> Chrono, chronovisor could be a lot of different. Oh yeah. Things that it's a good, it's a good name regardless. I, I appreciate it you coined that term. Um, but essentially, and it was claimed by the, the main man who's really at the center of all of this is the Vatican priest, Francis Brune. Ah, okay. yes, Francis Brune, He's of at the center mm-hmm. of this this whole story. And before I jump into the story, I want to jump into maybe some who the players are. Yeah. Right? Who the players in the game are. That's right. The, the main one being Francis Brune. Um, and jump into some of, uh, of his, it's again, some brief about who he is, what he what he did, uh, and how he came to be, um, and then some of the other characters in this story. Okay. And then we can jump into the story, if that does that work for you? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Um, Tell me who so, time travels. <laughs> Francis Brune, uh, he was born on uh, August 18th, uh, 1931. So not too long ago from now. It was about a month ago. Yeah, you know. <laughs> a few years ago. Um, so essentially, after college, um, after college, he got uh, four years of literary, literary pre- uh, preparatory classes and certifications. Okay. Um, where he basically... Um, dove into classical letters and literature. Um, he then undertook studies in philosophy and theology, five years at the Institute of Cath- and, uh, the Catholic Institute in Paris, Paris, and a year at the University of a word that I'm not going to pronounce, <laughs> but another year at another uh, uh, university. Yeah. And so, in 1960, he obtained a degree in theology from the institute, and then joined um, the Saint Sulpice. Okay. Okay. What is so that? So before, it's uh, it's just a Catholic um, uh, priesthood, uh, gotcha. Saint Sulpice theology thing. So okay. before teaching in various major seminars in Nantes, Rodez, and another city I can't pronounce. Here's the thing: in 1962, he attended the Biblical Institute of Rome, studied there for two years, and then finally went on to study Holy Scripture in 1964. Okay. Okay. So I lay all that out mainly to give an understanding of the man and how his interest was aligned with God and that his theology. And that was his main interest, right? Right. So when he claims these things, it's just interesting for me to understand a little bit of who he is. He's a well-read man. He took studying seriously. He really dove into uh, books and literature and theology and philosophy. So again, not saying that that, makes anything more legitimate but right. it's interesting but it kind of it kind of <laughs> does right like i mean like that's 
I mean, that's where your brain goes. You immediately go to, is this some just random person on the street or does he have some credentials? How is he backing this up? So, of yeah. course, any type of education immediately makes him a little bit more credible. Yeah. Um, but also, this education was a long time ago. <laughs> it so was a long time ago. It's very possible um, that that education is outdated now. We're closer to the 2050s than we are to 20, 1980. So just think yeah. on that for a minute. Whoa. Don't um, do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that to me. So, at around 1970, he devoted himself to writing his books. So he wrote books as well as hosting conferences in various countries, making many trips to meet other researchers. Okay. okay. Um, he was interested in many theological questions, but most of his theological work had two characteristics, the emphasis of, on the convergence of the experience of the Catholic mis- mystics of the mm. West with the theological tradition of the Orthodox churches. Okay. Um, and so that was, again, some of his background, what he was interested in, what, what he was jumping into. Now, one of the other main players is uh, Pellegrino Ernetti. Okay. Okay, so brief synopsis, there's not much on him at all, actually. First of all, very cool name. <laughs> Pellegrino Ernetti, yeah. It's, it, it's, very, it's very proper, I like it. Yeah, I'm trying to pronounce it correctly, as most of <laughs> these names that are, are in another language. Um, so he was born in 1925, uh, died in 1994. He was a Roman Catholic priest who joined the, uh, joined, uh, the order at the age of 16, later became the most famous exorcist from venice oh that was interesting that's very cool um demons be gone he was also a musician and wrote books on music theory and Ah, poetry fellow musician i like it uh, interesting guy there as well but that's all that there was online about him i tried to find a lot there wasn't a lot okay so uh, the reason i mentioned him is because according to brune the chronovisor was developed by pellegrino ernetti um, who was this monk, a, a Benedictine monk, um, and 12 others, okay? Okay. Uh, and Ernetti allegedly kept the device secret until the early 1960s until he confided in Brune and told him that 12 scientists, including famed physicist Ernesto Fermi the, and former Nazi scientist Wormer von Braun, helped him to build it. Whoa. Okay. Okay. So, I'm, so again, we're going to dissect some of the players that are mentioned. There's only two two people that are named by name right. out of the twelve. Okay, and it's the Ernesto Fermi and and Werner von Braun. Right. Which are both. Again, wow. Both wow th- names to be attached to this. Wow names. Wow names to be attached to it if they were actually involved. Okay? Sure. So, uh, but who is Ernesto Fermi? Again, I'm going to pronounce that name as best I can. He was an Italian physicist. I'm not sure if you if you knew this, but in the creator of the world's first nuclear reactor, the Chicago mm. Pile One, he's been called the architect of the nuclear age and the architect of the atom bomb. Um, uh. And he was one of the very few physicists to excel in both theoretical physics and experimental physics. It would make sense that he's attached to a time machine. So he's a he's a big man, big player in the game. Oh my gosh, Jeffrey! Um, <laughs> it's all coming together. But if, but it's if, it's if <laughs> they're actually involved. Because I think you can name anybody. And again, we can get into the suspicion right. at the end. Just like um, Abraham Lincoln is helping us with this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, hey, Abe, can you turn me up? Thanks. <laughs> um, Werner von Braun. Interesting cat here. Yeah. Um, former Nazi scientist. Um, basically, uh, v- von Braun was a German-American aerospace engineer and space architect. 
He was the leading figure in the development of rocket technology in Nazi Germany and a pioneer of rocket and space technology in the United States. And it kind of goes down a side jump, which I want to touch on as well because I found this interesting. Um, but following the war, right, he was secretly moved to the United States along with about 1,600 other German scientists, engineers, and technicians as part of an operation called Paperclip. Have mm. you ever heard of this? Is this, that's obviously code for like, is that uh, also working with like nuclear bomb stuff? Am I crazy? Well, he, well so essentially what Operation Paperclip is, mm-hmm. and again, this is a side jump, but it was interesting because it was connected to Von Braun and it all connects <laughs> in oh. the grand scheme. Um, but Operation Paperclip was a secret United States intelligence program which more than 1,600 German scientists, engineers, and technicians were taken from former Nazi Germany yes. to the U.S. government uh, to the U.S. for government employment after the end of the World War II. We, we talked about this uh, in a previous episode that I was talking about. Yes. Yeah. I, I do and know so what you're talking about now. He was brought over in that operation. And gotcha. so the primary purpose of Paperclip was, of course, the U.S. military ad, uh, advantage in the Soviet-American Cold War mm-hmm. and the space race. And so he helped in that effort. Um, and essentially in a comparable effort, I thought this was an interesting point, a fun fact, was in a comparable operation, the Soviet Union also relocated more than 2,200 German specialists mm. uh, for a total of more than 6,000 people, including family members with their own operation name um, during one, they did all in one night of October 22nd, 1946. Wow. So I just, it's interesting that everyone was just gunning for Nazi scientists and uh, rocket developers and, uh, you know, r- physicists and basically grabbing the what they thought was valuable from the com- uh, the right. country, which is interesting to me. I just thought that was a whole I know. I need ball to, of wax. I need to confirm this, but I believe there was some sort of fact when I was doing my podcast on this similar area that, like, a large reason was because um, at the time, I guess, a bunch of the Nobel Prize winners were all, like, from like Germany that like that time period there was like yeah. a bunch of German so it was like yeah recruiting the top tier talent it was trying to yeah, steal top tier talent yes yeah it, it sounds like it because if, if if this guy was actually involved in the creation of what they call the chronovisor um, it's kind of insane yeah um, but how he would be involved in creating it with the Vatican or rather how I, it's just maybe it was a United States project. Who knows that happened, and I, I don't know. But we'll get into that. But back to the device itself. Okay. Okay. Um, supposedly, reportedly, it's made of cathode rays, antenna, and metals that receive sound and light signals on all wavelengths at the same time. Okay. And so the chronovisor purportedly allowed the team of scientists to document events of the past, including the crucifixion, crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Um, and the machine therefore could validate the teachings of the Bible, right? Of that course. was the idea. That would be very, Simply, but, right? <laughs> very convenient. <laughs> yeah, w- correct. <laughs> um, could validate the teachings of the Bible simply by providing a first-hand look into the past, sure. right? That's the idea. Uh, but fun fact: um, er- Erniso Fermi, who allegedly helped build the chronovisor, won the Nobel Prize, won a Nobel Prize uh, in physics in 1938. Just ah. thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. Um, one of the two people named. Um, That's insane. And so the source of the story. So those are the few players that you need to know. Um, the source of the story goes like this. 
that the de facto resource on the Chronovisor is Brune's 2002 book um, uh, that basically dives into this story. And, and in it, Brune explains how he met Father Ernetti on a boat ride across Venice's Grand Canal in the early 1960s. Okay. Like Brune, Ernetti was well-versed in the history of ancient languages, which made for natural conversation. They became friends. Um, but soon the conversation directed towards science. Brune had been expounding on many ways in which the Christian Bible could be interpreted when Ernetti suggested that he actually had access to the truth via a time-traveling device. That's insane. <laughs> so imagine you're in a conversation with a yeah. guy and you're going, ah, oh, man, I wonder what happened. And he goes, well, I, I know. Yeah, I've, I've seen, seen it. it. And or I know I can see it if we yeah. wanted to. That's um, crazy, man. And so at this point, Ernetti claimed that he had a group of renowned scientists came together in a mutual quest to uncover the past. One scientist was Fermi, who won the Nobel Prize, which I just mentioned in 1938, and another he named was von Braun, whose work at NASA got America to the moon. Right. Right. So those characters we just talked about, characters being real people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so according to Ernetti, the device had several... Uh, antenna attached there's a good drawing out there that he supposedly drew what the diagram looks like three of made were made of is is in quotes mysterious mysterious metals that picked up sound and light waves across their entire respective spectrums okay um a direction finder on the device which was allegedly uh allows you to tune into the specific era one wanted to view while a screen wow. displayed it and a recording device captured the footage. Are you telling me <laughs> that in the 1930s and 40s, someone created a TV with a, with a remote, a time traveling <laughs> TV with a right. remote? Meanwhile, they don't have colored TV. I get it. I get it. It's <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot to take in. When you had um, to get up and turn a knob to turn the channel? Exactly. You had to have no, a no, no. Let me remote. just type yeah. in. Yeah, I need to see, you know, Jesus Christ being crucified. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's an interesting claim, okay? It is an interesting but claim. Look, look, I'm open, okay? The people I need to involved know. were interesting enough for me to want to dive in. I get it. Um, the, the chronovisor was more a window, like we already discussed, more than it was a time machine, right? Right. So it, it was a, essentially a, a television catching echoes from days long ago that had been floating in space. Oh. And he claimed to have seen some astonishing things. And so he's claimed to witness uh, Marcus Tullius, uh, his speech to the Roman Senate in 63 BC, um, in, in which he's claimed to, this is in quotes, his gestures, his intonation, Ernetti effused, how powerful they were, what flights of oratory. Wow. Um, Ernetti made additional increasingly bolder claims, which, <laughs> yeah. you know, such as observing the crucifixion, um, he uh, claimed to uh, witness a play, a famous play, I can't remember the name of it, um, from the founding of the Roman Empire to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, Ernetti okay. alleged that he and his team had taken a peek into some of the most important events in the Bible. That's, okay, listen, so, but that appeals, I get it. See, I get these stories and like, not even like plausible, not plausible. Um, cause I'm sure in the future there'll be something like eerily close to this that just because the human mind has made it up that right. eventually will make something that does something similar. But like just 
it's just speaks to the core of being a human of wanting to know answers. Everybody out there, regardless of what you believe, what you don't believe wants answers to things that we don't have access to. And so when someone's throwing out these claims and especially ones that like to the Vatican would confirm, you know, their belief system already, you know, and, uh, help them, you know, help them understand. It just, it's crazy. I understand why this took off regardless. Well, the thing, the thing that's really interesting here too, is that, um, so I, well, first off my thought initially on it is it sounds plausible, not maybe for the time piece, but in general, do I think that that could happen and very likely will happen? Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna speak out of my ass, but you know, like, no, like, you know, eventually in the future, we're gonna be able to get like all the light that's projected from Earth of like, you know, history and stuff is gonna wrap around a black hole and come right back at us, and we're gonna find a way to tune in like a radio. Yeah, that's that's exactly (laughs) my thought as well. We've talked, I think we might have mentioned this in a, a few podcasts ago, where technically, if you got ahead of the speed of light, you could then go in front of where the world has been, you know pushing off light for millions of years and then just scroll through time like a, a video bar you know but would you be able to see it would you like yeah that's the thing like you would have also, to have something to, do, to interpret it obviously we need a chronovisor jake we need, we need yeah one of these obviously devices. we just need to get our hands on the chronovisor yeah. and uh just so it way you know we can maybe look into the future too next <laughs> well here's the thing here's one of the main reasons why this story stuck around as well okay on may 2nd 1972 an Italian publication called La Demencia del Corriere published his claim titled A Machine That Photographs the Past Has Finally Been Invented. Okay. Maybe they just wanted clicks. You know, maybe it was clickbait before clickbait clickbait. existed, you know. Um, But this article covered Ernetti's shocking statements um, for all of Italy to read at the time. Wow, okay. So, I mean, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, some dudes claiming to have a chronovisor and they put it in the newspaper. Does that make it more legit? No, but still pretty interesting. <laughs> still pretty interesting that it stuck <laughs> that around. This, and that this happened. Like this actually happened. It was yeah. published, you know? That's crazy. Um, and so alongside the admittedly dubious claims, the magazine published an alleged photograph Oh, from the chronovisor. Can we please Ernetti post that? Claimed, I want to yep, see it. Captured the Romans crucifying Jesus Christ. You are joking me. They have a picture? No. Supposedly. <laughs> okay. It's not out to the public or do they put it, yeah, they no, print it in the it. fucking you paper? You can see it. You can look it up. Google it. That's ridiculous. Okay. I got to um, look that up. It, there's a lot of debunks on it. Okay. Like looking but, at the photo? Yeah. That it's a reversed image of something else and uh. it, yada yada. It's a statue or whatever it may be. Um, but... In in the in the publication, it claims to show the photo um, that was captured by the Romans crucifying Jesus. Wow! And so, the 1972 article also purported that Ernetti had witnessed the Last Supper and kept a photograph of the biblical event himself as a souvenir. That's that's in, that's insane, man! Like yeah. I love this story because yeah. of how insane it sounds. Yeah. Like, can you um, imagine what kind of power to have that kind of like, have that secret or not even secret, just to have that knowledge, the access to that kind of knowledge, it would make me want to go look at everything, man. Yeah. It, which, 
again, there's some. I can say the photo has had. I looked up some deep dives on it. There's some pretty um, valid debunks of it. Okay. Saying that this is fake, this is this can't be real, yada yada. For the newspaper, it's just maybe this neg- a negative image of this or yeah. Um, sure. But that's the claim. Okay, sure. that's the claim. And there's some more really interesting stuff that I want to get into. Okay. But I want to take a brief break for our ad segment, which hey, we got an ad, Jake. Look at that's us right. Go. Look at us go. Um, <laughs> and then we can jump back into it. All right, let's do it. All right, we're back into the story. Um, Thank you for listening to that ad. I have to say it helps support the podcast and keeps us going, keeps us um, not motivated, but it makes us, you know, have the ability to create some better content, hopefully in the future for you guys and try to expand this. So that always is helpful. Thank you for listening. Um, You can find us on social media, Casual X History. Now back to the story. All right. Um, We left off... Uh, around the publication um, of Ornetta's story where he claimed um, to have witnessed the Last Supper and had a photograph uh, of the biblical event himself and also purportedly had a photo of the Romans crucifying Jesus. Did you look Google that in the break, Jake? Dude, I'm, I'm Googling it right now. I'm trying to find it because there's so type many. In, uh, type in um, Ernetti, yes, Jesus Christ photo. Um, which is kind of an interesting <laughs> search term. Um, but I want to get your reaction before we move on and what you oh, think. Oh, is it this might. it? This black and white? It's the black and white. Is that what, that's what was posted in the, the publication. And so that's why it looks like that. You're kidding. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's freaking crazy, man. And the initial gut instinct thoughts. It's fake. It's it real. looked, it looks more real than I pictured in my head. Just hearing it. <laughs> okay. Not going to lie. Okay. Um, we're going to post this photo on our Instagram and, and everything else when this episode drops today. So dude, that's crazy. Um, go check it out there. Casual X history. Yeah, definitely soft plug. We'll definitely be posting it cause that's nuts. Yeah. Um, Ernetti, here's the thing. Ernetti maintained until his death in 1994 Mm-hmm. that the machine had been hidden away by the Vatican in order to safeguard it from falling into the wrong hands. Yeah. Classic stuff. Classic. Right? Classic <laughs> stuff. I can't wait for this movie to come out. It would be a great... Uh, what's would, the the books about... Oh, my God. I know these The Da Vinci books. Code, man. Da Vinci Code, yeah. It would be yeah. a great addition to the oh, Da Vinci man. Code. If they don't make a Da Vinci Code... Is it three? Have they already had three? <laughs> Maybe number four. Um, I don't know. I think there was three out so far, movie-wise. Angels and Demons, three. was that the second one? Man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, Angels and Demons, I believe, is the second one. Um, I've I've read the first book and I've watched all three movies. Yeah. Um, solid stuff. Um, but interestingly, the Vatican decreed... Here's the thing. This this is what also throws a wrench in it for my in my head. Okay. okay. In 1988, um, the Vatican decreed, a public decree... That, in quotes, anyone using an instrument of such characteristics would be excommunicated. Okay? Listen. Okay. It could just be like wrapping up what they already knew or, you know, just trying to put it out there. Don't, like, this is baloney. Or they're trying to get people to stop using it. Yeah, if it's a hoax, why why do you need a decree? Why do you need a public decree if it's just a hoax? Right? If this is all fake and there's nothing like that actually existing... Who know, are you warning? Man. Who are you warning excommunication to? Do you know what I mean? 
I don't know if that's like a publicity stunt. The, like again, to close that chapter, to try to, or to keep that, like to keep it alive, do the opposite. I don't know. Like there has to be some sort of like chess match here, right? I don't. I it made my head go. Why would you even make it? Who are you why trying would to you bring warn? that up? Who are you trying to intimidate by saying that? Right. You're saying they're going to be excommunicated. So you're you're saying it on purpose. Right. To let some people know. <laughs> Inside your own organization. Like, hey, yeah. stop using the viewfinder. If this is happening, <laughs> you're going to be excommunicated. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of weird. Right? That is very weird. Um, shortly before he died, Renetti wrote an open letter um, adamantly reiterating the device was real. And he claimed that Pope Pius... Um, forbade us to disclose any details about this device because the machine was very dangerous and that it can restrain the freedom of man. Oh. So he had a dying... I mean, listen, For if this is a gimmick, he held the gimmick until his deathbed. Yeah. You know, he wrote he wrote a letter about it um, saying this on his deathbed. Like, he he wasn't no schmo that just gave up after 10 years. He, he held on to this... <laughs> Wow. Whether it became his life's mission, who knows? Right, if it like, is fake, um, but that's that's what he he claims, and so there's a lot of suspicion around it. Obviously, that this claim is real. Um, Fernie's that the, the thing that adds credibility is obviously the the credibility of the two scientists he named. Right, exactly. Um, and that Fernie's scientific notoriety is interesting enough to take a look at the chrono chronovisor, but. Was it really capable of engineering a time machine with his team? Who knows, right? Like I would like to believe smart, so, you know? And, <laughs> and the, some argue that this was the case, right? Still, Fernie could could never defend the invention um, and its workings either way because his name was not associated with the project until, obviously, it was claimed in 1992, decades after his death in 1954. Right. So... Take that for what you will. <laughs> All right, Jeffrey, I'm going to put um, you on the spot. What do you believe? Do you believe that time machines exist, are going to exist, uh, are possible at all? What's your take? Do, do exist or will, will exist is a yes. That's yeah, you an think easy so? yes for me. Um, possibility is a yes. That's an easy one for me as well. Do they currently? I don't think so. With all the dumb crap happening around us, <laughs> you telling me that someone couldn't use a time machine right now, Jeffrey? <laughs> well, here's the thing. If if it is used, we would not know it, I don't think. If if someone affected the course of history, yeah. our timeline still happens. Right. It would only, ch- correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Back to the Future. Man. No, you are if, absolutely right. If, if I'm the time machine guy mm-hmm. and I'm going back in, in time to change a piece of history that then changes everything... Sure. It will only be different for that other timeline, correct? That other no, it'll, timeline. It'll only be different for the other timeline. So, like, we're li- say this is how the Back to the Future. Again, I don't know how accurate this is because it's just a movie. Like, this is what they've created in it. Is basically, and also like the MCU kind of messes around with the multiverse. Um, so the idea is, if say you Jeffrey found a time machine tomorrow, you jumped in and hopped back and like stopped the dinosaurs, you know, from going extinct. Right? And came back. <laughs> How the, would you do that? That'd be kind of an insane. I, I, <laughs> that's that's even more Fury, insane. That's a Fast and Furious 12 movie. <laughs> Dude, that's what they do. They go back in time. They rip that asteroid out of the sky with their cars. Yeah, they, they tie them like, all together. in space and Dude, save it. would be hilarious. Um, but yeah, like if you go back and stop something major 
and that sends ripples to it'll send ripples to a brand new timeline that juts off from ours. So right. like if we're a Our person timeline still exists. And if we're still a person that lives in a world without dinosaurs, that doesn't change for us. It changes for the the second jot of the timeline. Right. So those people, so yes, another timeline us would live in a world with dinosaurs and be like, you know, this is normal. But, he, but, but we wouldn't also, know it. Here's the thought for that as well. Because like if, okay, follow, try to follow me if uh, I, if I will. make sense. Okay. So you go back in time, mm-hmm. you change the course of history. Say you stop someone from dying and it has a whole butterfly effect. Sure. Juts off a new timeline with that possibility. Yes. You would then have to have the device that can also jump back. You don't want to, because if you're that time machine guy, you're not, you don't want to jump back. Because the whole point is not to jump back to then your timeline, right? After changing history, you want to jump ahead back to the new timeline, Correct. Well, you would only be able, you would be immediately put into that new timeline. Whatever you change, but you, you would, would not be able, back. you would not My be able to go, is, you would be able to go back to your time, right? Say if this time machine worked, you were able to go back to the same time where you left, right? Everything right. would be different. You're in the new timeline. Why would he, yeah, I'm just saying, but the divide, well, I guess only for that one person would it be different and everyone else would have never known better. Do you know yes. what I'm saying? Everybody else would have known better, but it like, yeah, imagine a straight line as being normal time. If you jump back to a certain period in that time, in that little line yeah, and you change it, it juts off. And basically when you say, okay, time machine going back, you're not on the same line anymore. You're on the timeline that you have changed back to your normal time. So you'd be okay. back with dinosaurs at the right. same time you normally right. left. We're going with the dinosaur changing yes, of history. Okay, exactly. Just to keep it <laughs> concise. Keep it concise. <laughs> um, but wouldn't that make it the thought that you're already believing in multiple timelines, so then every timeline already exists already? So you could just technically, instead of having to change history, you would just jump through timelines rather than... Like, like if A that time exists... Machine could if be all jumping. possibilities are creating different timelines, like you're saying you can do sure. with the time machine... Yeah, that almost would suggest that the belief in timelines in general. So then, wouldn't every timeline be existing of every decision that could be different at all at once? Do you know what I'm um, saying? So like, there's a, a multi time like that's, that's multiple the timelines. That's the theory, Jeffrey. Is that right. like um, if you we're believe in that, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're having science class. We are. That's we're funny. having. Um, uh, we're just discussing our opinions now. So you guys well, take just, it for a grain of salt <laughs> with our information. Got, got we're just having my, fun. My head, but like, if you believe that, then you technically these people could be picking up on any one of the timelines. Correct. Like, if sure. if if you have a chronovisor, you could technically be picking up on an alteration to Shakespeare that yeah. never happened, right? You I guess so. picking up on all of these other possibilities. So it could get wonky really quick. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So if it was true, right? Let's just okay. pose this for a question. So yeah. if it's true. Yeah. And because here's one of the debunks about it, right? So in one of these claims, he claims that um, he wrote down one of these speeches, famous speeches that were lost like uh, right. to time. Okay. Okay. Um, and the whole debunking of it was that, oh, well, someone who's really studied it heavily was, said it was wrong, that that's not really what was said. What if he was right, but he was just, again, viewing it from a different timeline where the speech was a little different? <laughs> I guess it's possible. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, if you're messing with time and time machines, like, there's got to be some wiggle room for error, I and would also, imagine. And <laughs> also, if you believe that, though, Jeffrey, if you believe in multiple timeline theory, 
then it suggests that uh, people with time machines have already like gone back in time and done several things because we wouldn't know it in this timeline ever. We wouldn't yeah. know any changes. Like right, maybe we right. are in one jut of that timeline that's already been changed and we're just stuck here though. <laughs> you we're know? in the jut with uh, wildfires, floods, global warming. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. Pandemics, <laughs> you know. I didn't Great. choose. I didn't iPhones, choose this one. You know, yeah, I, di- I didn't choose it either. But we're here. <laughs> but we're here. Um, <laughs> a global pandemic, you know, sweeping the world. You know, no big deal. Yeah, casual. Um, you know, I don't want. I'll, we can, we'll touch at the end. I have a thought about. Yeah, this all is so this. much fun. Sorry, um, I'm just having so much fun like <laughs> theorizing. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: the the coronavirus in general, the whole idea is interesting. But what makes it more interesting is that the Vatican almost legitimized it by the decree. Right, uh, and then also In so the few other things that happened with it is um, because there's really only two people that are named um, Werner von Braun being one of them, um, who was the NASA ended up being a NASA rocket scientist. Yeah, he also died by the time his name became public, uh, okay. became publicly linked to the project. However, it is known that he had been working uh, on the Third Reich's Die Glock or Nazi Bell. Do you know what the yes. Nazi bell is? I have heard stories about the Nazi bell. I don't know the Which, full story, but that might be a podcast on its own because I, it is, I was it is thinking about podcast. it. We're going to make mark that down because it's too interesting not, but essentially a time machine space a spacecraft right? craft some sort. thing that almost like had spinning metallic substance that allowed it to like right. use energy. It's a bunch of theories around that too. Discovery Channel got me, Dude, me, on too. This, me um, too early on. But essentially, that was happening during the final final years of World War II. So, again, how you tie that into the possibility that he was interested in this these theories in general could be could be made. Um, the Chronovisor also may have represented another link between the Nazis and the Vatican. Mm. So, who maintained close ties during the war, and it therefore wouldn't be shocking, I guess if the Chronovisor technology had been shared between two entities. Um, there's a That's lot a of speculation crazy. around the, the, the Pope at the time because he was silent on a lot of things regarding what happened right outside. Like there's a story about, I think, 6,000 or 1,000 Jewish um, people being rounded up like a block from the Vatican. Um, oh. And so, and staying silent on it. And so it, there's a lot of... He's criticized quite heavily. Again, some people think he was doing it to save, you know, what they had and yada, yada. But um, it's interesting. Um, but all of this is actually recorded, uh, not the coronavirus itself, but a lot of the history of it. I'm sure you've heard of the Vatican archives. Yes. Yes, I've heard so of it. So essentially it's millions of documents spanning across 12 centuries of what waits behind the doors of the Vatican archive. Um, who knows, but it has been opened up. I do want to say this. Okay. Recently. Um, so the current Pope Francis proclaimed next year that the Vatican will be allowing access to documents found in the secret archives relating to this specific Pope actually, um, who reigned during the, the world war, um, and his connection to Hitler through world war two. Um, and this was obviously heavily scrutinized, um, this Pope was anyway, that he was working with the Nazis right? and that the controversial silence from the Pope on the perspective, perspective persecution of Jews at yeah. the hands of Hitler was, um, you know, pretty insane. So mm. 
that's just again that everything that has a connection point to me just makes it a little bit more interesting it does it does <laughs> so, make it more intriguing doesn't it i i don't i don't say that to to make it a connection to, to for proof but I, I make it because it was fact yeah um and how this connects to the people that were named it's it's hard because they can't defend it they can't say that it was a, a real or thing confirm for, yeah confirm and there's 10 other mother effers out there that supposedly were working on this out <laughs> sure. of silent time travelers you know the whole thing <laughs> yeah um but it got me thinking about just the vatican archive in general which would be really interesting um to do a deep dive on yeah, but did, they have records of everything from i think the oldest being um like 809 ce wow um which is crazy um there's supposedly uh, again this could be a separate podcast but there's writings of by alexander v who splits the new world right giving spain more control of the lands and effectively splitting spain and portugal there's a a famous letter um in the archives that was the request of henry v who needed an annulment from wife catherine of aragon so he could marry anne bullion i'm pronouncing that wrong uh berlin anne berlin i believe yeah and so there's a lot of things in there that would be super interesting to to dive into man dude Um, i would love to like i mean if they shared most of these things like online just like photos stuff like that or has this been regarded well, no, as like so so it was kept. open at one time so the if i remember correctly because again it was kind of in the side research that i found so it wasn't a deep dive directly sure. but if i remember correctly they had opened it up at one time closed it back off and just recently i think as as of 2020 they opened it up um but it's on the specific pope gotcha. um, during world war ii um and i guess there's a quote from the current pope saying uh the vatican isn't afraid of its history so, wow. you know, we'll see. I think there's a lot of people that are, you have to like, there's a whole process of applying to be able to get in and look at these documents, obviously. Dude, I need to look um, into that. Now I'm interested yeah. in what it would take just super, to open up one of those old documents. Um, super interesting. But I wanted to wrap, oh, so I hate to end it this way, but there really is no answer to this. Yeah, of course. Um, the, the mystery lies out there in the world. Maybe someone will come upon it. Maybe it's there's documents of this case in the Vatican right. that will come to light later on. Who knows? But the claim is still uh, essentially really intriguing to me and the reason why I wanted to bring it up and talk about it. Um, maybe I just love time machines. Maybe I just <laughs> love the this secrecy of it all. Um, but I wanted to end with a question to you, Jake. Okay. And it's very simple. Very easy. Oh, no. (laughs) Does it sound like it's going to be easy? If you had a chronovisor in your house right now. Okay. What would I want to see? You pick one and you get one shot. You go, you know what? Here's one shot. You can watch five minutes of anything in the past. Man, how do you, how do you do that? Yeah. Think of like all the things you could know in that five minutes. Think of the things you could see. Uh, Yeah. So any secret, you could be anywhere in the world. Say you could pinpoint location that's pinpoint people whoever it may be um Mm. let's say that let's say that dude i don't know that's so tough okay (laughs) you go first if you have an answer i don't Um, have an answer yet uh my general answer would be listen there's a reason why it's one of the most famous it's the most famous story 
in human existence, yeah. I would go back probably to the crucifixion to see, dude, or a conversation, or I'd go back to the Last Supper, like like yes. just seeing five minutes into again. I would have to have a translator, <laughs> sure, but I would want just a fly in the wall, dude. A five like, minute of that conversation to see what was maybe being talked about and watch it be just mundane, being like, oh, just. Hey, how's, how's your Friday going? How's the kids? <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, like that's, <laughs> that's the thing, man. Like it's think of how much, how valuable that knowledge would be. If you could just see for five minutes into any point in the past, think of how yeah. valuable of like, I mean, obviously you think of, you know, people using it for other uses, but like just for the everyday knowledge, like yeah. of figuring out where we came from, dude, I'd see, I try to see before the big bang. It might just be black for five minutes. I don't know. I like oh, maybe like answer. and start looking into uh, what was before, you know, like if that's even huh. in, in like recalled in history, just to see five minutes, it might just be a blank screen. What about from the big bang on? <laughs> Dude, you just be see explosions. You just see five minutes of explosions. I mean, that happened for so you don't millions have a point in human history, human history and human Let's history. categorize it. human history. Dude, I would want to go or back. Earth history. So okay. from from dinosaurs on, from okay. you know anything in that in that realm. I would I would be very interested in seeing um, like early human. So like what we actually look like. Um, oh wait, I'm gonna change my answer to Atlantis. <laughs> to Atlantis, dude. Yes, you have to figure wanna, out Atlantis exists or not. I want to find Atlantis. I'd, I'd go back if, a week to check the lottery numbers. <laughs> dude yo wait a minute we're using this all wrong we are using this all wrong man if you had a chrono visor that's exactly what you would do first set yourself up dude you telling me that if the vatican vatican has that that they haven't done that you would have to make it not look suspicious but like think of how easy that would be (laughs) just look up every every single lottery number (laughs) in history playing the lottery in the u.s any any type of like football game betting man you could (laughs) well you know here's the thing jake if someone like that did do it yeah it wouldn't they wouldn't at all it would all be done through a pseudonym through a proxy through a Sure. Bank account to a bank account to a not claim it. You know, there's a bunch of people that don't claim that they win the lottery. Oh, sure, of course. You know, don't claim it, but I mean, they don't they don't show their face. It's not legal. So you get a proxy. You go through the process. You pay them a couple mil to win it for you. Dang you man, send it through your bank account. So I wouldn't even put that past that. That's already happened. You know, <laughs> <laughs> dang the greatest heist of all time, and no one knows about it because it's already yeah. been invented in the 30s. Uh, it's stealing from the U.S. Gov- the U.S. citizens and the dummy tax of wow. um, uh, the lottery. Wow. Yeah. So th- my my answer would be Atlantis. <laughs> yeah, I would probably I'd probably want to see yeah. uh, the crucifixion though. I I do want to see like is that oh, like yeah. what happened? What's of course what, what's going on in the Last Supper? Those three would be pretty. I mean, if you tier. could see it with your own eyes, like see the yeah. resurrection, actually see the resurrection happen. Like the him rise turn, yeah. from the dead, yeah. yeah. Like that would be insane. Uh, that would be insane. And just like what you would learn in the five minutes would be nuts. But yeah, well, man. Well, that, that's that's what I wanted to end it on. Um, for you listening out there, yeah. Um, what would you I'm use break it the on? The fourth wall, the third wall. What is it? Third wall. Now that we're audio, it's fourth <laughs> wall. Still, I still think right. Um, what would you go back and see if you had five minutes, any point in time, any history? Uh, any point in time in history, excuse me, 
um, send us a tweet, Instagram us, leave us a comment um, on Facebook. I'm really interested. Yeah, because maybe I know. one of those we can do a deep dive on. Because I know that you guys have better ones than we just came up with. So I'm it's very on the spot interested too. <laughs> There's a lot in my spot. head. Like, because now that I'm thinking about it, I, I, I'm thinking I want to be there when like Cortez. Dude, enters yeah. the city or I want to be there and like when the new world Quetzalcoatl, supposedly that story came from let yeah. me be there in that moment to see who the man is that walked into the the tribe like I, I would be interested to see some of those moments that yeah because again we're basing this on history whether it's real or not but I want to be there but watch it happen to me be <laughs> nothing happened I'm like well, fuck <laughs> just a normal white guy <laughs> just a normal pulls up, white guy <laughs> pulls up with a knapsack over and a stick yeah <laughs> It's interesting. But um, yeah, I know. Like, yeah. please let us know what you think. Uh, excited to hear your answers. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I hope you learned a little bit of something. Maybe it gave you some intrigue to do some uh, research yourself. That's it from me, Jake. Any last words? No, I I hope that some of my joy for time travel rubbed off on all of you. So I just, I yeah, hope that's what you got travel, from this. Yeah, our time travel. We did some science class. Here. We did some, you know, <laughs> physics class. I did class. some fake fake time travel knowledge dropped on you in this podcast so <laughs> all based on doc's chalkboard oh 100 percent, 100 those are the rules we're in man biff's timeline we're totally in biff's timeline we right are now. in biff's timeline <laughs> biff's, <laughs> i don't even doubt that <laughs> okay all right Lord. well we'll see you guys next sunday thanks for listening everyone all right have a good one uh,